This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Speaking of islands, Joe Fortenbaugh is probably on an island somewhere tonight on vacation. Aaron Goldhammer is here, though, filling in for Joe. You can find him on social media at HammerNation19. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Also, you can just tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It's that simple. That's how you hear us. And speaking of hearing today, Aaron, we heard from Kevin Durant today as an official member of the Phoenix Suns. Durant's formal introduction in Phoenix came just one week after that deal between the Nets and the Suns sent shockwaves throughout the NBA. Durant was acquired along with TJ Warren for a package that included Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, multiple future picks. The story here, though, is Kevin Durant is officially a son, although we haven't seen him play in that uniform yet. We're still waiting to see that. Obviously, when the mics were in front of KD, they asked him about his time with Kyrie. Here is Kevin Durant. I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization, so I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court, and uh, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. Uh, his game, he's a Hall of Fame player, a great, great player that can do everything on the floor, and we relied on that. So without him, we didn't have a clear identity. So that was tough for me to stomach, and, and I love playing with those guys throughout the year. I felt like we had dudes that were stepping up and doing stuff that they didn't do on their previous team. So I enjoyed everything about it, and it was tough to not finish the season, but, um, you know, I just tried to move forward as quickly as I can and try to figure something out for myself, but also still focus on trying to rehab and get back. So it all happened so fast, but I'm glad it worked out this way. Eric Goldhammer is in Cleveland, ESPN Cleveland. You're very plugged into hoops. What did you make of Kevin Durant's comments about Kyrie and about the Nets? I'm very plugged into the popcorn that I was eating as we were getting ready for the show. I'm not plugged into much else. I, I was I trying think- to stall for you because I wasn't sure, like James was having a panic attack about whether you were actually going to make it here on time. I said, you know what, James, the man's hungry. Like, let the man eat some popcorn. No, I can I, stall. I, We're good. So, so I, I came in with about 15 seconds to spare. But we, we did have a pre-show <laughs> meeting. Okay, let's make that clear. And then secondarily, I, uh, I had 15 extra minutes and I decided I'd take a 10-minute power nap, but I forgot to set my phone alarm. So I, I woke up about one minute ago and now I'm mm. on the radio nationally syndicated. So I'm hoping uh, everybody out there is having a good night. Um, as far as KD goes, you know, I, I, the quote, um, we lost our identity. What? What was their identity? They had one? Your, your identity, games. your identity was that you were crazy. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I, I say that with all the love in my heart, but Naturally. you know, I, I think that um, he went there and he married Kyrie Irving when he went there, and he realized finally the last straw for both him and for the Nets was the trade request, and I think he realized at that point it had less to do with Brooklyn and it had more to do with Kyrie. He wanted to play with other great players, and he wanted to not play with Kyrie anymore. Um, but I thought it was a weird way to put it. We lost our identity because the the identity that the Nets had over the course of the last three years was, uh, you know, the 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 significant other at the bar who looks really good on the surface, but man, once you get a little bit deeper into who that person is, they are crazy. A mess. They are a total and complete. 
mess. Yes, you're right. The Brooklyn Nets went for the looks here. And sometimes that'll bite you. I mean, who hasn't done that before? Uh, Sometimes that'll bite you. And so I did think that one thing that was interesting about Kevin Durant's presser today, though, is just the difference in tone between KD and Kyrie. A lot of people like to hate on KD. I'm not one of those people. And this is one of the reasons why. Yes, fine. He's, he goes after trolls on Twitter. I really don't care about that. What I do think is that when Kevin Durant is in front of microphones, he kind of says all the right things and he does the right things in those big moments generally. The difference between the comments Kyrie made about the Brooklyn Nets just taking a blowtorch to the Nets, an organization that had bent over backwards for Kyrie in every conceivable way here over the last couple years. He decided to just take a blowtorch to them when he had his introductory press conference for the Dallas Mavericks. On the other hand, here for Kevin Durant, and I feel like KD has a lot more of a reason, frankly, to be upset with the Brooklyn situation than Kyrie, but KD said all the right, you know, he's said, you know, I get emotional about those years. It was a special four years for me coming off of that Achilles injury. They helped me through a lot. I don't have anything bad to say is what he said. So Amber, I don't think that he was being disingenuous with what he said either. I, I think that he did work hard and like being in Brooklyn and I think it did mean a lot to him to be there. Remember, they signed him to a max contract with a torn Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. And then he rehabbed for a year without playing basketball to finally then come back and make his debut on the other side of a global pandemic. Like when he talks about the emotional time that he spent in Brooklyn, I think he is 1000% sincere um, about that. And I, I don't blame him for the thing in Brooklyn blowing up. He did everything right. He signed the long term contract when nobody else would. Um, I just thought his way of characterizing it and his decision to go with Kyrie was a really odd one. Um, Now in Phoenix, you know, I think this is, I got to see him stay healthy, but assuming he is healthy, I think they really could win the title this year. And, you know, for a landmark franchise, and they really are, Amber, I don't think people realize around the country Phoenix is a pretty good sports town, and the Suns are the biggest thing in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's probably one of the 10 best NBA franchises. It's a crazy passionate fan base. Just ask Thunder Dan and Charles Barkley and those teams. They have never won jack, right? I mean, they made the finals in the 70s against the Celtics, and then they made the finals a couple years ago. They lost to Jordan in the 90s. They've made three finals. They've never won a title. That town, I was there last week when the trade happened. That town is Suns crazy. And I think that's going to be the toughest place to go in and win in the playoffs this year. Just because I think assuming that they stay healthy, and that is a big if with Chris and with Kevin, uh, I think that they really have a chance to do this now. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. You said Katie didn't do anything wrong, I would say. Well, maybe what was wrong with him teaming up with Kyrie? Like that might have been the wrong move. He married the wrong there. He married the wrong guy. He chose wrong. Yes, he married. But I don't. I don't blame his character. I don't think that this should be a stain on his resume, so to I'm, speak. I'm with you. I don't feel like Kevin Durant was the problem, but who he linked himself to ended yes. up being the problem. We'll see if the grass is greener in Phoenix, Arizona. Coming up next, forget about Derek Carr. If the Jets can't land Aaron Rodgers, they might have their sights set on even an bigger target at quarterback. We're going to get into that. This is ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Aaron Goldhammer is here filling in for Joe. Find him on social at Hammer Nation 19. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So typically, no Joe would mean no pizza money. But James Steele, our producer, he has stepped up and stepped right into Joe's shoes. He wants to bring the betting advice. Now, disclaimer, he ain't a betting expert. Joe Formbaugh, betting expert, daily wager, one of our one of our betting analysts here at ESPN. James Steele, producer extraordinaire, perhaps some may say, some, you know, not many, but some may say producer extraordinaire. I'm not sure anybody, not even James's mother, would say betting expert when describing James Steele. So take this with a grain of salt, but we're going to see how James stacks up to Joe's record. We are keeping track. Let's do a little pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Are you nervous, James? Yeah, again, I am an idiot and I know nothing. So uh, (laughs) I would not take my advice, but here's what I'm doing This segment doesn't have a sponsor, and there's a reason, folks. And there's a reason. knows nothing. All right. Here we go. All right. So uh, (laughs) let's see how this goes. The the Bulls are eight and a half point underdogs against the Bucks tonight. The Bulls have beaten the Bucks each time they have played them this year. They're two and oh. I have no other reason for this other than I think the Bulls (laughs) might have the Bucks number. Uh, it's a uh, minus one ten value. Uh, so Bulls plus eight and a half against the Bucks. There you go. I don't think there's any way the Packers will trade him in the NFC. Mm. And if they do go ahead and trade him, it would be the AFC. I've never gotten to the end of my contract, so to even think about being in another uniform never really crossed my mind. I mean, the confidence coming from James Steele during that pizza money betting advice. It just, it, it can't be matched, really. I, I could just feel the confidence Again, all the way down I, here in Florida. I have Bristol, no idea what I'm talking about. Just, <laughs> just to make sure we all know. The first ever time you've got the pizza money in your bet, hands probably. and you're betting against Giannis. That's, yes, that's, that's like a great move. That was an interesting move by you uh, to go against well, Giannis that, Antetokounmpo that's not true. when you had the power. I, I am not betting against Giannis. I, I'm just betting that the Bulls will cover the eight and a half point spread. Well, 
just kind of like betting against, you know, arguably the greatest player uh, of his generation. It, it could be that the Bucks win by seven points and I look like a genius. <laughs> you could. That, that, we that will... could be. But that I don't be. know that that would mean that you're a genius. I think that would what? just mean that you got lucky this one time. Well, and beginner's luck is a real thing. Be, Amber, I believe in beginner's luck. So, I mean, you know, uh, other than not knowing anything about what he's talking about, you know, put a little stock. Put a Look, we're just talking about a little pizza money here. We're not talking about, you know, betting your mortgage. We're talking right. about a little pizza money and that's a little loose change so there you go take that advice for what you will we'll see how james does uh we will certainly keep you posted and update you tomorrow but we do have more pizza money (laughs) we have more of where that by the way have won 11 in a row too just in case (laughs) they're due to lose too (laughs) there you go so speaking of big winners uh the new york jets right because (laughs) nothing says winning like the new york jets franchise they have a messy situation at quarterback who is Uh their quarterback we don't know it appears that nobody's convinced zach wilson is going to be their quarterback moving forward despite him being the number two overall pick a lot of people linking, of course, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Is Rodgers going to go full Favre at the end of his career here? Derek Carr could be a possibility for the New York Jets. But what's really interesting here, Aaron, is that Peter uh-huh. King on Football Morning in America, this is actually from the Rich Eisen show of Football Morning in America, uh, of America, of course, Peter King, he said that there might be a third quarterback in the mix here for the New York Jets. Take a listen. We all think, and I think you think, that the number one step would be Aaron Rodgers. If that doesn't work, could the number two step be Lamar Jackson? I think the Jets are going to have a very tough decision Mm. on their hands. And, you know, I think they will go after Rodgers if he does play. And if they don't get him, I think they will at least uh, put their sniffers out and and seriously consider Lamar Jackson. So Peter King's not reporting that, obviously, but he's theorizing it on the Rich Eisen show. What do you make of that, Aaron? Yeah, I, I think it reminds me of what the Broncos did, right? Because they got Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. The Jets brought him in to be their offensive coordinator. Aaron Rodgers was option number one, and they had a backup plan, which was Russell Wilson. And the Broncos went after Russell Wilson. Then he proceeded to have, like, the worst year that a quarterback <laughs> I was has say, ever had. It went had. so well for the Broncos. Yeah, Let's and, follow and, that script. <laughs> and average about 13 points a game. I, I think that um, there is a non-zero chance that Lamar Jackson is in another uniform at the beginning of next year because I think this situation with the Ravens is kind of coming to a head if I had to guess, I think they probably do have one more year together. But the Jets are just desperate enough, Amber, to give up the draft capital and everything because they haven't had a franchise quarterback since Broadway Joe in 1969 to try to steal some back page headlines and make the move. And I would actually rather go after Lamar Jackson. Why do you think that Rodgers would be the first choice and Lamar the second choice? Shouldn't it, Aren't those two ideas kind of flipped? If Lamar's available, wouldn't you go after him first? Well, I think it depends what the price tag would be. I mean, presumably Lamar is, what, a 26-year-old quarterback, 27-year-old quarterback. You'd have to probably 
give up much more for Lamar. And then the problem with Aaron Rodgers, obviously the size of his contract, there's only so much anybody's going to give up for him when he makes over 50 per. You don't have a long future with Aaron Rodgers. You have a much longer future, theoretically, with Lamar Jackson. I mean, the Jets yes. might find a if way to ruin either him, of those guys. If you could yeah, keep him healthy, yeah. If you I mean, Aaron Rodgers might be, when they made the move for Favre, right? It was a one-year solution for them at quarterback. I think they started 8-3 and three and ended up going 9-7, and seven, missing the playoffs. But that was a one-year thing, and then he ended up going to Minnesota. Well, mm-hmm. rather than trying to do a one-year patchwork-type move, I would focus less on what you're giving up if I'm a Jet fan and think more about what could I do to try to fix the quarterback position for the next 10 years and not just for the next year. So if he's available, I would... If, if I'm a Jet fan, I would be rooting harder for the Lamar outcome than I would the Aaron Rodgers Packers outcome. The other component of this, though, is they do have Zach Wilson, and he is a number two overall pick. They did move up to get him, right? They did see the talent in Zach Wilson when they drafted him. What Aaron Rodgers does, it doesn't necessarily negate the Zach Wilson plan. Lamar Jackson obviously negates the Zach Wilson plan, whereas with Aaron Rodgers, you could theoretically bring him in. You're talking about a 38-year-old quarterback. You bring him in for a couple years, and hopefully Zach Wilson learns under a dude who's won three MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP in his career. So that could be one of maybe the advantages but, for the Jets in terms of Aaron Rodgers. By the way, neither of these guys are available. Like, that's what I think's weird about this story. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing in a jersey other than Green Bay? Available. Is, this, is, this is where we're at. They're potentially available. I think the Zach Wilson thing, Amber's already done because I think he's just completely lost the locker room there. So I know he was the number two pick a couple years ago. He's played so poorly and was such a huge turnoff. When when other teammates of his are walking into the locker room play, wearing T-shirts to go for the backup quarterback and where they're begging them to put Mike White in the game, I just think the Zach Wilson thing right now in New York is sunk cost, and if they don't move on, they're just kind of wasting their time. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers being like the one veteran presence that could that could somewhat fix that. But the thing is, it would be Derek Carr that would be more likely an option for the New York Jets, right? And that's the, ma- the name available. that we haven't even mentioned in here. Because at least he's available. I mean, that's I have a hard time. I don't think that there's any chance Lamar is going somewhere else. I really don't. Now, I think that there's a, a real chance here now that they don't get a deal done, which is at this point unheard of coming off of a rookie deal with a quarterback of that caliber. Yeah. Nevertheless, I do think that they'll franchise tag him. Now, is Lamar going to sign the tag? That's the question. Lamar, by football the standards. beginning of the end, right. Yeah. Well, by football standards, he hasn't made a ton of money coming off this rookie deal. By football standards, for somebody of his caliber. So, the franchise tag's a lot of money. He's got a lot of reasons to sign it. So one more year, I think, is what you said for that organization with that quarterback. I could yeah. see it as well on a franchise yeah. tag, even if they don't get a deal done. We're rolling along here. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe and Amber, we take you up until 9 o'clock Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. That's how you hear us. That's how you hear Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh at Hammer Nation 19. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. It is time now to go sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. 
After winning Super Bowl 57 on Sunday, Chiefs backup quarterback Chad Hetty announced his retirement on the field while holding a beer. He joined Adam Schefter's <laughs> podcast this I mean, it was an epic way to retire. He joined Adam Schefter's podcast this week to talk about some um, interesting things that he learned about his MVP teammate, Patrick Mahomes. What do you see every day that we don't get to see on Sundays? The details, the superstitions, you know, baseball background. So all these guys... He has to have a certain thing each and every day. He comes in, he does his work. His notes are written out a certain way. Same pair of underwear, which probably not a lot of people know on game day. He's been wearing it since I've been a part of it. I hope he washes that pair of I imagine he does. I mean, at least in football, you have quite a few days there before your next game in order to get your underwear to the laundry. Baseball, different story. Touchdown passes. (laughs) I do not want to think about this. Oh, goodness. James Steele, our producer extraordinaire. What's up, James? I like that title, uh, by the way. Uh, Aaron, do you have any game day rituals for whenever you're getting ready to inevitably watch the Browns lose on an NFL Sunday? Yeah, I, I mean, watching the Browns lose is the game day ritual. I've been trying to wear a different shirt. I do think about this, that somehow my clothes or where I'm sitting affects the outcome of sporting events and then i realized that it's just an insane proposition like are the is the pregame speech from kevin stefanski the head coach of the browns going to be like aaron is wearing his favorite pullover today and so we need to go out kick some butt we're gonna win i don't have really any game day superstitions no uh maybe i should maybe that's the problem maybe i should wear the same pair of underwear for every loss uh, i'm not so sure that uh is the problem with the cleveland browns I will say nothing screams self-centered more than when you think that the success of your team revolves around quite but literally we all do you, it, right? Don't we? Like, and we all do. A- and I'm, I've been guilty as well. Like I'm watching, you know, like a big Gators game and it's like the moment and like nobody move, you know, or I have to sit exactly in that same spot that we scored the last touchdown. I mean, I've been guilty. I've been known to as well, but it is a very uh, self-centered move on all of our parts. Little less self-centered when you know you're Patrick Mahomes, you're actually playing in the game. I agonized over what to wear on Sunday. Just (laughs) so you know, I had, I was... Very nervous about everything that I did on Sunday. So. And then you but have to burn out. it if it they all lost. Out. It all worked out, though. I'm happy and everyone else is happy. I so mean, Goldhammer has to burn all of his clothes with uh, the way that the, the Browns that, have gone. Or, or, or I realized that the Browns' you know, performance has nothing to do with what I'm wearing, just like Mahomes <laughs> is good regardless of what underwear he's wearing. I know <laughs> players are think. crazy about this kind of stuff, but I, it, it's not like they're like super underwear that have magical powers. What, what I don't know. I mean, is he... with people? Maybe, or maybe it is the underwear. He has found himself in, what, five straight AFC championship games. I mean, it's it's possible it's the underwear. Why change now? Why change now? Literally. On Tuesday, uh, God bless his wife. On Tuesday, Jags wide receiver Calvin Ridley applied to be reinstated from his indefinite suspension for gambling. The Jags traded for Ridley in November, sending the Falcons a 2023 fifth and conditional 2024 fourth round picks. What kind of impact could he have on the Jaguars offense? Here's Keyshawn Johnson on NFL Live. He's going to bring some explosiveness to this offense that they already have. He's going to be able to stop on a dime and give some change. He's a significant route runner. He is a hands catcher and not a body snatcher. He's the type of guy that you want. He understands the route concepts. He understands how to play football at a high level. They certainly got a gym when they got Calvin Ridley. Imagine that, though. You basically land in the laps of a quarterback that everybody has high praise on in Trevor Lawrence. I just about guarantee you, Amber that the Jags are going to win that division next year because it's a terrible division. 
Mm-hmm. And I, no one talks about it, but I think Calvin Ridley is actually a big reason why. I imagine he's going to get reinstated. It's kind of crazy that he got suspended for a year for, like, betting on sports on an app. And guys, you know, have done much worse, committed felonies, and been suspended for, like, two games in NFL history. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance, and I would take him on my fantasy football team in 2024. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's easy to make that comparison. It's not exactly the same, right? Like the part of the CBA that Calvin Ridley violated, it is a year-long suspension period, and that's just what it is, obviously. The NFL certainly protects uh, that portion of the game as much as they can. You can understand an integrity of the game violation is a big problem for the NFL, even though his seems like small potatoes compared to some of the others that we think about in the history of sports. I th- I supr- I forgot Calvin Ridley was on the Jags. Like I really did until a few days ago when I Don't read that he was applying for. I remember. totally forgot. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because he's going to be a huge addition. I agree with you, a huge addition to that Jags team, and also it's a Jags team that, anyways, I would have as a contender to win that division next season. A Jags team that I feel like we all think is headed the right direction, and a quarterback that we all believed in and bought in on on the second half particularly of this season it feels like they have the right coaching staff in place it feels like their number one pick finally looks like a number one overall pick and now enter Calvin Ridley like that was without Calvin Ridley and and Amber this close I mean there if they just played a little more mistake free they probably win that Chiefs playoff game and then all of the rest of the season plays out differently. So I don't I don't think the way they ended the season that the Jags are that far away from being a bona fide Super Bowl contender coming up in, in 2023 wow. later this year. Oh, wow. Uh, no pressure there, Trevor. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. That is the voice of Aaron Goldhammer, Hammer Nation 19. That's how you find him. I'm Amber Wilson at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. I failed to tell you, Aaron, before we started this segment, that James Steele comes in and asks us a question at the end of the soundbite. We stepped on him a little bit uh, in the last one. So we got to give James his due here. Let's try again here with Jason Fitz. In the list of top five destinations for Derek Carr yesterday, I had the 49ers as my number two spot because of Derek Carr's vantage point. I don't think it's very realistic, so I didn't put them as my number one spot. I don't fully understand it from the 49ers perspective. If I'm Derek Carr or just about any darn quarterback in the league, I would want to head out to San Francisco, though. Jason Fitz from Fitz and Harry agrees that the Niners should be on the list. If the 49ers had Derek Carr as their quarterback, they'd win the Super Bowl. And I have no idea why they haven't already sent whatever it takes. Flowers, chocolates, Valentine's Day pictures, you up text, naughty pictures. I don't care. You send whatever it takes to get Derek Carr to come over to your team right damn now. Uh, maybe maybe take that uh, with a grain of salt from, you know, noted Raiders fan Jason Fitz. But uh, Aaron, what do you think the perfect fit for Derek Carr is? I actually don't think it's the Niners. You know, I, I think they have a couple of quarterbacks there already that I might trust more. Remember, Derek Carr's never won a playoff game. I think Tampa, you know, they need to replace Tom Brady. They're sort of an already veteran-laden team. I feel like they'd be just good enough to go like, I don't know, 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, depending on how the bow bu- and And that is really ultimately what Derek Carr's, uh, you know, destiny is. But that'd be good enough to win the division, right? <laughs> if, yeah, probably. If this season's any indication. Be the best. And- Look, think about it. Every team in that division now is looking for a quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. So if Derek Carr ends up in that division, he's probably going to be the best quarterback Good in the place division. Good place to be. Yeah. Still got Evans, still got Godwin. I think I had Tampa as number three on my list of top five destinations for Derek Carr yesterday. I had the Tennessee Titans as number one on that list. Uh, if you missed any of the show yesterday, Drew Carter was filling in for Joe Fortbot. It was a fun show. You can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. The new look and fully healthy Lakers picked up a win over the Pelicans last night. LeBron had 21-6-6. and AD went for 28-10 and boards. And D'Angelo Russell pitched in 21 and was 3-for-5 from three-point range. What's the ceiling for the Lakers this season? Here's Vince Carter on Get Up This Morning. They're definitely a playoff team. Second round, possibly mm. get into that conference finals. It just, I mean, obviously, it just depends because they, you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James, very experienced. You have uh, D'Angelo Russell, experienced. And now you just got – you galvanize and you get your team uh, and you put them on your back. You said, follow me. And it's just going to take time for them to just continue to understand each other. But you have guys who are veterans who are willing to do whatever and sacrifice. The word sacrifice is, is important to this team when you're this far down. If guys can sacrifice and do their job, the Lakers have a chance. You're always going to give them a chance because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Amber, is there any chance that a fully healthy Lakers team can make a run in the playoffs? This no, year? I'm done. I'm done giving them a chance. I, I, I'm done with this conversation about if they can just if they just make a play in, they'll make a run. I, those days are behind this Lakers team and largely because AD, I just don't have any faith is going to be able to stay healthy and stay on a court long enough to make it happen. They're sitting at 13th in the conference. They're 27 and 32. I know it's a stacked conference. I understand that theoretically they're still in the chase. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe Anthony Davis is going to be out there for enough of it. I don't think that they can just get in there to have a real chance, even with LeBron James on that roster. I mean, Amber, I guess they still have time, but they're really running out of time. They're now running out of run, it they're, fast. They're five games under 500 mm-hmm. still. You know, we're talking about them not just if they were to make the play in, I think that would right now be a success for them, let alone make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I am absolutely with you. But we're always going to do that because it's LeBron James, which he deserves us to do that. It's just, come on. It's only worked out once, and it was because they had a lot of time off in a really weird bubble season. And short of something crazy like that happening again, where Anthony Davis gets a lot of rest and LeBron gets a lot of rest and they don't have to travel for a championship, uh, I just don't see the Lakers as an actual threat. Coming up next, speaking of LeBron, could one of his former Cleveland teammates be on the market soon? We're going to talk to our Cleveland expert, Aaron Goldhammer. He's right here in-house. This is ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Aaron Goldhammer is here for Joe. Aaron Goldhammer is synonymous with Cleveland, Ohio, and thus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And because of that, I wanted to do a little Cavs talk here with Goldhammer because the Cavs are sitting at fourth in the conference right now. They are 38-23. and 23. It is a new-look young Cavs team. They don't need Kevin Love to do it. And because of that, they're working towards a buyout with Kevin Love. It's mid-February. They've got a deadline to get this done of March 1st. It seems like they are well on their way to getting this done. What does that mean? That means that the big man will be be a free agent eligible to play anywhere essentially after March 1st. I know my own Miami Heat very interested in K Love. First of all, I want your opinion from the Cavs perspective, a player that certainly helped win them a championship there in Cleveland. Yeah. Is the departure of Kevin Love a sad one for Cavaliers it, fans? It, it is because he's the last remnant 
of that great 2016 championship team. And Amber, you know this. I mean, not every championship is really created equal. I mean, the rings and the banners kind of look the same. The 2016 title is just an all-timer. They beat a 73-win Warriors team with a unanimous MVP coming back from 3-1 down to win Cleveland's first championship in 52 years. It's a 10 out of 10 championship. So obviously LeBron's gone. Obviously Kyrie's been in three different places since the 2016 Mm -hmm. finals. (laughs) And Kevin Love was the last piece. You know, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, uh, Richard Jefferson is now with us at ESPN. Uh, Channing Fry is doing different things. I mean, th- these are sort of the, the faces and the people that are synonymous with this incredible title. Um, so it's emotional, not not because people are angry that they think Kevin was going to lead the Cavs to a championship this year, um, but because it's just kind of emotional because he's the last piece of the team and what really one of the last members of the organization, the front office, you know, has had some mm-hmm. turnover uh, that was really there in that role when the Cavs won the championship in 2016. Now, um, I'm surprised a little bit that Love wanted out because I think when healthy, he can still help a team because he can still shoot. But the problem is Kevin Love can't stay healthy. Amber, this has been a problem for him his entire career. So I would just caution wherever he's going to go. He's not healthy right now. He's got a busted up thumb. He was shooting 20% from three-point range the last time the Cavs had him. So you just got to be careful and understand you're not getting the guy from Minnesota 10 years ago that was an all-star. Or the guy from Cleveland in 2016. I mean, we were uh, on a pre-show thread when we were texting each other and you said, let's go, you know, Amber's going to want to go full wall to wall two hours on Kevin Love to the Miami Heat. And I said, listen, it only deserves an hour tonight. If this was 2016, I'd give it the full two hours. That's just the reality of where K-Love is at in his career. He's only 34. Like, he's not that old, but he's a big guy. He's and an old 34. Just, he's an old 34. Like, he's just got one of those bodies that is breaking down on him in his mid-30s. Now, from the Miami perspective, they've got an open roster spot. They've been looking for a big man. He's that. So I don't actually really see the downside for the Miami Heat. I wouldn't be particularly excited about it. I'd be like, all right. I mean, he was almost, like you said, sixth man of the year last year. Instead, that was a guy on the Miami Heat. And so last year, he still showed that he's got something left in the tank. This year doesn't make me particularly excited. You know, in October and November, if you go back and look at his numbers, he could shoot. The, The other problem with him, Amber, is that he just can't guard anybody. I mean, who who in a playoff series against a, a contender, the Heat put him out there. Who is he guarding? He's not guarding a big guy. He's not guarding a little guy. He's guarding no one, and he's getting burned on pick and rolls for easy layups. And so whoever gets him, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to be able to play him in the fourth quarter of marquee playoff games. I think he could be a good culture piece. I mean, obviously he's been a champion. On the mm-hmm. Heat thing, you know, I wonder, the Cavs are still in the process of negotiating this buyout. And I wonder if the Cavs care where he ends up because hypothetically they could – you know, right. based on some of the reporting that's been done, we had Brian Winhurst on our show in Cleveland a little bit earlier today, and he alluded to this. It has happened before that the Cavs could say, yes, we will buy you out, but we don't want you going to Miami <laughs> because we might play Miami in the first right. round of the playoffs, 
and that could be awkward. But, you know, if you wanted to go, let's say, to the Phoenix Suns and play in the other conference, that'd be totally fine with us. I that I can conceivably certainly see that happening. I don't know if the Cavs care enough because that would certainly be part of the negotiations. It probably all comes down to money at the end of the day, right? Uh, in terms of this buyout, how much of a discount then Love is willing to take in order to get some of his freedom? And does he want to go to the Miami Heat? Uh, the Suns are interesting feels like the rich are just getting richer there and i understand kevin love like not a huge addition but like just everyone's going like the sons are just gonna gonna pay everyone chris kd and kevin love they're building like the 2013 western conference (laughs) all-stars all over oh man if this was uh some years ago uh that would be one heck of a team now Fortunately for them, they've also got some uh, young pieces there uh, in, in Booker. But, I was shocked but, that they were able to keep DeAndre Ayton in that deal. I think that's huge for them. Uh, another injury-prone guy, though, for Phoenix. Uh, this feels They're to all injury-prone. Amber, all like, when Kevin Love signs, it's going to lead SportsCenter. It's going to be on the front page of ESPN.com. We're going to be talking about it on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. And then in a couple of months, we're going to look at each other and be like, really, we spent all that time and energy talking about where Kevin Love is. Let's put it this way. For guys that get bought out, the standard generally is if they do anything to help you win in the playoffs, it's a win. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen this. I've spent a lot of time talking about when when the Cavs had LeBron or you could talk about this with other championship teams, you know, the likes of Darren Williams, you know, and we spend all this energy. Oh, my gosh. What he's going to be Joe Johnson to the heat like this is going to be such a huge move. (laughs) Ultimately, like what do those guys end up doing? Not much. Probably the stars and the significant role players that have had jobs all year are going to decide who wins the NBA title. Now, there's a couple other teams uh, that have been linked to the Kevin Love story. One of them, I think, would surprise nobody in the Los Angeles Lakers because I think part of that is just like, hey, LeBron James, synonymous with all of his old buddies, right? And Kevin Love, a a guy who he had success with, who's on the older side, who's now injury-prone. That's how LeBron loves to GM a team, so he'll just bring him over there to Los Angeles. He can make a shot, which you know is more than I could say for some of the Lakers, the, the problem is if Love wants to go somewhere where he really thinks he could win, God bless LeBron, but why <laughs> would he go play for the Lakers who are five games under five hundred? I know L.A. is a nice place to live, but so is Phoenix. I think that probably is the most likely scenario and his most likely destination. Uh, but we'll see. It's odd. Normally, a player like this doesn't want to get bought out from a contender, Right. So this is just kind of a awkward That's what's situation. weird about it. Yeah, right. Right. Normally, Normally you would not want a, to leave the contender, which is what the Cavs yeah, to, to go to, to a be. team in the Lakers who are 5 games under 5. Normally that works the other way. You take right. the team that's in 13th place and you want to go to the team that's in 4th place. Also the Lakers have a lot of forwards, James, AD, Vanderbilt, Hachimura, like I don't know how much he would be utilized in that Los Angeles system. I know the Golden State Warriors have been on that list. Some people say the trail Blazers have been on that list. We are now officially, apparently, on Kevin Love Watch. Joe and Amber, the podcast.